You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, where you will meet entrepreneurs, cultivators, scientists, doctors, and inventors in the cannabis industry. We are proud to announce Arvana as today's show sponsor. They're an FDA-registered CBD and rare cannabinoid manufacturer. Arvana boasts an array of industry awards, including certifications in good manufacturing practice, ISO, and HACCP. Their cutting-edge separation technology is often used within the pharmaceutical industry to isolate cannabinoids while preserving terpenes that are typically lost during the extraction process. Arvana is your solution for CBD, cannabis, or supplemental manufacturing needs, or impeccably crafted gummies, tinctures, and creams. Arvana, arvana.com, where quality and innovation converge. And now, on with the show. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel marketer and publicist in the cannabis industry. Partnering with a franchise is a great way to fast track a business and get a built-in team of professionals, especially in the highly regulated cannabis industry. Sweet Spot Farms, a franchise in the Northeast, has been quietly building cultivation facilities and dispensaries to support its franchise operations. They have licenses in Vermont, Rhode Island, New Jersey, Maine, and Maryland. Franchise veteran Eugenia T. heads up their operations and joined the podcast to share their plans for becoming the top cannabis franchise operation in the country. Let's meet Eugenia. People who are trying to do the franchise model out there, I I think it's the model to get us through like the whole social equity or new entrepreneurs, you know, new entrepreneurs that they're all, that's all who's in this space. Everything that was developed with our brand and, you know, the team that's put Sweet Spot together is incredible. They're all brilliant. Um, You know, they've done something very different than what's out there. And, you know, we've learned to navigate the space in many states. We have 14 licenses in seven states right now. Those are our own. And, um, as of, you know, I was brought on, so a little bit about my background, uh, I was brought on as the franchise uh, guru, because that was my background for 17 years. Uh, I'm an investor in Sweet Spot. So in 2017, I uh, met with the founders or from my hometown uh, through my brother. And we actually all used to work out at the same gym, which is so, such a small world. We used to box together. Where's your hometown? Stanford, Connecticut. Oh, so, oh, so it is. Oh, yeah. So your hometown is Stanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Oh. It is. Yeah. So the the founders are from here. And then in 2017, at the time, it was just for a cultivation in Rhode Island. That's what we went for. And um, we started off as investors there and have just been a part of, you know, the growth story and, um, you know, have continued to find other investors that have come in and have, you know, just done anything to fuel the growth and um, franchising as my background. So um, I had to find uh, prospective franchisees. I had to help them with finding real estate, uh, training them throughout the whole process, getting them up and running, and then being a support for them so that they could be successful, right? Uh, When you think about franchising today and the model, 
it is about providing a turnkey solution, right? Here's the game plan, here's the roadmap. Uh, you do well, we'll do well, right? Because we create, you know, we collect royalties and we've done it and we have it mapped out. So it takes away the risk of just starting from scratch. Uh, it takes away, you know, the timing of, you know, you getting involved in, in any business, right? Because it's already been done. So that was my franchising background. And, you know, fast forward to 2022, I joined the team to take, a, you know, take a look at how we could take our dispensary model and franchise it out. And so that's kind of what I've been working on. Uh, but we haven't really promoted it up until this year. Like this was like the first this year really was when we really first started promoting and getting out there. And uh, we've been getting out into the cannabis space and this cannabis arena. Um, now I'm going to pivot a little bit and go into the franchise world because that's, I think, where we're going to find uh, a, lo a lot more candidates. You know, the, the, the part of what we're experiencing today, and yes, uh, I love helping social equity folks and all of those things, and it's a great model for it. A lot of folks are starting with like, they have zero money. Yeah. And it's just like any other business, you have to have something, right? Uh, or the investor is gonna take the majority of your business. And I don't think a lot of folks understand it. Um, a lot of the states have created this avenue to um, be a priority in the space, right? And I love the intentions of it. It just, the execution by the states has just not been there. If they don't have some sort of, fund like i know curio wellness out of maryland has a fund i know them yeah 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 they have a fund yeah so i i but you're right it's not really just for social equity but i'm thinking that's how it would work if somebody had something with the funding behind it not just alone absolutely like, because, absolutely absolutely and and the model helps with that right most folks oh have zero clue about raising capital, right? So that's something we can help with. We can help package a franchisee, right? With the financial models because we have them, right? So that we could kind of show them the ropes on how they could raise capital as well. Of course, we're gonna vet them just the same as any other company, right? You're building a team and we're looking for successful long-term operators and not everyone that has a social equity license is going to be the right fit. And we aren't going to be the right fit for everyone. Right. So, um, so it's, it's all of those things that we, you know, we obviously look at and I've been in this space newly in the space, other than being an investor, I've had a lot to learn and I attended and I continue to attend cannabis events from Maine to Maryland, wherever I need to go, that's where we are. And that's, we're focused on the East coast at the moment. We want to get it right. And then we want to, we'll expand from there. Uh, but you know, I've been out there just creating an awareness for the brand. Our CEO is brilliant with branding and, you know, how this whole model came about and uh, just how we do things. We do things very creatively and it's given us an edge to be able to navigate the obstacles we're well-funded. Our dispensaries do very well, like our business does well. So we're able to navigate the challenges that most do not know how to do, but we've also been able to navigate them differently, right? When the whole, everyone goes left, we go right. And it's just a way to stay ahead of the curve and be more competitive with everything that we do and just, just get things done in a quick fashion. So what do you mean people go left, you go right? Oh. Left. <clears throat> Like most people today, when you think about the application process, right, we've scored extremely well with applications in every state that we've operated and we know how to put them together. But when it comes to finding real estate, most folks are maybe knocking on 
the doors of what's available. Well, we get oh. a little creative, right? So it's just, we've been able to find different angles to pivot to, uh, to overcome the obstacle. You know what they say is when, and I can't give out all the secrets because then yeah. it wouldn't be of interest to anyone. But, you know, we've been able to really navigate the space from that capacity, which has given us the the growth that we've had in a very, very short period of time. How many uh, stores do you have so far? So they're not franchised yet. We are working. Yeah. We should have two, uh, this one group closing this week that we're working on in New Jersey. And um, we're doing, th we're obviously, uh, we, we kind of have real estate already in, like locked in for them as well. So it's a one group and they're doing multiple. So um, so that's kind of like our first group. We had another group as well. And uh, they ended up uh, just being investors in the parent company and not really pushing forward with the franchise side. They got cannabis fatigued uh, just because, you know, you can't expect to wait. A, you know, sometimes you have to wait longer than a year and it just wasn't for them. And mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll revisit it again, but that was like our first franchise group. Uh, but they're parent company investors, so it worked out. Uh, as a company, we have four open dispensaries and we're building uh, two in Connecticut right now. Uh, we So that's four open, two we're building, and then we have a license in Vermont that's going to be a franchise. Mm. And then we have um, New Jersey. We have several other licenses that we will develop, but we also have, uh, like I said, our two, our two other franchise groups that we're working with. So is so. it one franchise group in Jersey? and then Yes, and one in Vermont at the moment. Okay, but in addition to the one in New Jersey, you're developing your own other stores? You're, you we, yeah, these are all our stores, right? So uh, we've been vertical in many of the states and that's our goal, right? So our goal from a model perspective is uh, we wanna be able to distribute our product. We create craft cannabis uh, at a very low cost. We've been able to create uh, efficiencies, um, you know, all of our, our LED lighting. Uh, we have make our own nutrient mix. Everything is... Uh, recyclable. And so we've been really able to reduce our cogs so we could produce it very low cost. So our franchisees will benefit because they will also get discounted product from us. So we are uh, lined up in today in Rhode Island, we're vertical, we will be vertical in Connecticut, we'll have a grow in Norwich. And then um, our two dispensaries, one is being built in West Hartford, and then one is being built in, well, we have some zoning stuff in Stanford. Uh, in New Jersey, our cultivation will be in Vineland, and then, uh, of course, uh, Maryland, we're still working on. But today, our open dispensaries are Maine, Rhode Island, New Jersey, and Maryland. That's where they're open today. Okay, they're kind of your beta testing franchisees right for, yeah yes yeah. okay gotcha. well we already have it figured out it's, yeah no i mean beta for yeah. them for them yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so you've got the model You're yeah just, and there are like first exactly they're like our first so yeah. we i spent most of 22 2022 putting together a franchise uh disclosure document which took us eight months right that was a process then it was also creating an operations manual right looking at all of the internal documents that we have. How are we gonna support these folks? We've evolved and grown as a team since then. And so I'm, again, I constantly, the industry changes so often, but we're going back now and revising. You know, we we have more people to our team that we have efficiencies. Like we have amazing marketing people, videographers, like there's just so much more that's happening to create this um, seamless process as we, uh, I guess, onboard our franchisees. Okay. And who, who is, who, 
are or is the CEO? Is his, his name is Jason Webski. Ben, Ben, and uh, there's Ben and Jason are like the original founders. Okay. And then they brought on a couple of other folks as at the early onset. And what's their background? So prior to that, uh, Ben was in real estate. So he's been instrumental in the development phase. And uh, and then Jason has a marketing background. So marketing, branding, and so really has been instrumental. I, I like putting all of that together. You know, Sweet Spot brand and who we are is, um, you know, Jason's vision. And I think he is a visionary and he's incredible. You're... Um how you stand out is that you really focus on educating the consumer who comes in and spending time. A with ton of education, ton Just of education. That like they, you know, typically you walk in, you go see a bud tender, they can guide you. You can say, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. Do you have a pharmacist on site for all your shows? Well, we're all, yeah, we're all hybrid. We're, we used to be medical in some of our facilities. So we had that, but we're all, we're rec- we're hybrid now. Okay. Um, our latest one just turned hybrid in Maryland on July one. So we do both. And um, we have doctors that refer uh, that can get referred for cards, but a lot of it is through the education that we've done. And we focus a lot on terpenes and, you know, that's the true measurement of the interactive ingredients and, you know, what the plant is going to help you feel. Mm -hmm. And, we educate on on that. Um, we educate on the cannabinoid system. And a lot of folks don't really, they don't understand that. And then today, when you think about an, a general cannabis dispensary experience, most of the time you're walking in, there's a, you know, a desk and you're ordering something, right? Like you're, or you're ordering it at a kiosk. And there's just a few people there to help you, but we really just honed in on this experience and making it unique and education and knowing what we're talking about versus someone coming in and not understanding. Like a lot of times, you know, I've heard this many times you walk into a dispensary and you ask about the terpene profiles and people are like, I don't know what are terpenes, you know? So not that there's many franchises, franchises that you're competing with, but how would you. A differentiator. I think differentiator is the location space. Um, You know, really the look and the feel and the vibe is different than what I've seen out there. And I think it stands out and our, our mission, right. Our mission of being uh, education-based, but also it's about for our franchisees, right. You have to love what you're doing and you, you have to feel excited about what you're doing. And the minute you walk into our dispensary and you see the different types of people that are there, we're skewed to older demographic too. It just validates for some reason we're skewed older. How, why do you think that is? Because I think I, that's the market coming. I mean, that's, it is. Well, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the intention, right? So when we think about today, um, college students don't have a ton of disposable income, right? Um, are, are they going to consume? Yes. And, but there are very few that have that. And yes, they're a customer. And when we think about the general demographics of cannabis, yeah, it's on the lower end, but are we're, we're skewed like we're seeing 40 to 60s and like which is really nice um and i think it, it, it depends on where we are we're near a university in rhode island so that number is a little skewed down but it's still every visit that i'm there i look around and it's like i'm 48 so it's like i see people you know oh, yeah it, it, exactly so 
Yeah. It's just interesting, but I think it has to just do with the vibe. It's welcoming and the team loves what they do and you can see it, you know, it's like any business today. Yeah. Um, if you don't create that environment that helps people with an experience, then you're missing the mark and you're not going to be in business. And that's any business today, right? People have, uh, they have dollars and, uh, it's, you know, it's like, it's earmarked for where they want to spend and they want to spend where they feel welcome, where they feel like there's a personal connection, uh, where, and, and those are the things that we do. We create personal relationships with these people. We know about their vacation and their kids. And so those are the things where we're not just a sales organization, even though it's sales, it's about the experience. Would, um, so as far as somebody wanting to get in, I, I saw on your website, you know, of course, like the the criteria. Well, how about even as far as a new entrepreneur that you're vetting out? You know, where we entertain that, you know, so how I vet people, a lot of it is personality at the end of the day, right? Okay. You can teach someone anything if they're willing to learn and open to follow systems. If they're positive, outgoing, and they just are magnetic, you know that they will do well mm. versus, you know, someone that is a know-it-all, um, you know, oh, and, I see. And, yeah, 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 you know, especially when you're maintaining and I've, I've had a really, I've been very successful in vetting out franchisees in my life. So I, there's this like characteristic traits that you look for and it takes time. It's, you know, it's a mutual discovery process. It's, having it's it's asking a lot of questions it's seeing the response it's did they do their homework right um i i, I have a younger entrepreneur candidate i'm talking to and you know you would never anticipate someone being so young and he started his own business and uh but it was more about the questions he came prepared to ask mm -hmm. the self evaluation of his opportunities versus his strengths you know there's yeah. just a mutual process that happens. And um, I'm pretty good at, you know, getting into and understanding the the characteristic traits that are going to lead to success or not. Right. And it's not for everybody. Um, we may not, it may not be a good fit and our brand may not be a good fit for someone. Right. Some folks I'm finding have this idea of what they want to do and it's their brand and that's great. But, you know, you'll figure yeah. that out and that's fine. Like, you know, I, I wish you utmost success. Um, but I'm not gonna, you know, provide training and support or do those things. Cause it's just not the model that we, you know, that we have. So, right. So sweet spot. How did you guys get into Maryland? It wasn't that difficult. <laughs> so we've been in there since 2018. We bought the, we bought a license in 2018 there. Um, and so oh, then we opened in 2019 and actually a very tiny, um, a tiny location, a tiny location. Uh, not, it was one of our first, so we didn't have like our sweet spot brand. It's getting a makeover and an expansion right now, uh, since we've uh, turned rec adult use on July one. Uh, and so it's an only Maryland and it's been doing amazing. So, mm. um, so yeah, Maryland's tough, but you know, we get into tough markets like New Jersey, our Voorhees location there, we were scored number three, our application from a 2019 RFA and uh, number three out of all of the applicants that came in, 33 were selected. We were the first of the group to open. You've got the systems, you've got everything so written out, the SOPs, everything, they just go. It's a machine, it's a machine. Yeah. 
but they, the team did a lot with very few people. We run very lean mm -hmm. and it's really passion and inertia and drive of the entire team that moves things. And I, I must say now that we've added even more people like that are focused on app writing and, you know, we all are hands on all hands on deck. Like I help capital raise sometimes we all do whatever it takes. And that's the mentality of our business. And we will always remain, whether we grow as large as we do, we will always have that kind of mom and pop mentality mm. and, you know, stay that way. That's like what our roots are. So. Mm, that's hard to score that high. I mean, you know, that there's, that says something. There's just something exciting but, and what we do, the there's like this and to me is for all of us, like, it doesn't matter what time of day, weekend, we, we don't I do know, that. We just, just do. Yeah. Oh, but the other question I have is what's yeah. the legal agreement? And basically you're just all on the, 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 the application. Is so we're, we're not on the application. We don't oh, own okay. the business. Okay? okay. So from an application perspective, we help support because we have, we've done this over and over. So we have a template and then we help them draft it with the narrative, right? We identify, okay, where do we want to be? It may be a, a location that we've already kind of secured and an area we've secured because we've done our due diligence. We've run models on it. Mm -hmm. We know that this municipality has a limitation to how many they're allowing, you know, versus, oh, it's unlimited, right? There's, there's all of these things that we look at and we help the franchisee with that process. We help them with the narrative, right? They of course are gonna always have legal representation their own because you always have to have your own attorney. We're just helping them identify the best story. Uh, but when they're bolstered with the company, the municipalities also like that because the failure rate certainly comes down versus some of these folks that really don't know what they're talking about. Our yeah. security is top notch. Our COO uh, has a military intelligence background. So oh, love he, it. he brought in, Okay. Like top notch, right? So there's all of these things that we bolster someone with that they mm. can't say no in an application. You know, they're supported by someone who's done it and does it successfully. And that's the other thing is like, you need a team in this industry. You need all these people that you're talking about and to try to put that together by yourself. Oh. That's just or you're hiring a million consultants. That's what I mean. Gonna, I, yeah. So we're here patch, packaging it all from application to real estate to um, obviously we have designed manual, right? With what does the store look like? Uh, architectural drawings so that your architect, we have vendors that you could work with or you pick your own. So all along the process, how do you hire in this industry? If you've never done this, how do you do it? What does a staffing plan look like when you first open and how do you ramp up? A lot of these places are, you know, uh, open your doors and they come because it's just the nature of the business right now, but you still have to do grand opening plans. You know, what you can and can't do from a marketing perspective, what are your SOPs look like? Well, we have them. How mm -hmm. do you train staff? We're going to teach you how to train staff and we're going to train your staff up until the point in just the general educational piece. How do you run the day-to-day -day operations? We have manuals for it. And then ongoing, we're there to support you. Let's just say you're having trouble with inventory. Well, we do that every day too. So these are best practices to help you be successful. So basically you're getting your advisory group with your hand holding that continues on 
through it. And you're just basically paying that fee for someone. It's, to a, it's a royalty. It's a royalty. royalty. And we don't own your business. Yeah. What most, what most states are concerned with is uh, ownership and control. And at the end of the day, we don't control what you do. No franchisor actually can, right? At yeah. the end of the day, it's very difficult to take someone away from your their business unless they're doing something egregious at the end of the day. So yeah. really it is just, these are the guidelines you should need to follow them to be successful. And most people who want to do this feel compelled to want to, to follow a system versus trying to figure this out on their own. I mean, and I just don't think enough folks know about the options yet. Right. I know. I don't think so either. It's, it's tough and it takes, it takes a lot of, um, again, we're doing it every day and we're doing it in States. And I think that's what lends itself to helping people be successful as we figured it out. Yeah. So, I guess you figured it out because yeah. they seem to be kind of yeah, I think people are floundering on the real estate front, the support front. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of that. And um, look, I think there's room in this space for all of these brands, like any other, when you think about the whole like ecosystem of business today, right? Yeah. And every, you know, every type of business model that there exists, there's multiple brands. So there's room for it. Yeah. Uh, and I just oh, think it's, it's, it's at its infancy, really. Um, I expect franchising will eventually grow as the industry also starts to get a little bit more stable. Right now, there's just a lot of, um, you know, it's growth stage or it's challenging challenges, New York, you know, cutting their nose to spite their face and all of these silly things that are happening. So, um, but definitely will, I think, um, the opportunity, yes, there's the social equity component, but I do think that there's the general business entrepreneurs that just don't know enough about yeah. this. And once they learn about it, they will be jumping in yes. first because it is, it's a tremendous business. And um, I do see it in the health and wellness arena. Um, I know many people still, I mean, there's a lot of stigma attached to it, but that's how I view it. So yes, I yeah. think, you know, the takeaway really is, is we're very creative in how we do things and we're operators. We, we know how to navigate and we repeatedly do it with every state. We figure out what the hurdles are and we come up with a game plan and we can do that with our franchisees. So. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.